correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Greetings and welcome. This is going to be session six of our Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus campaign. Also, we are Shared Sagas. Also, my name is Tom and I'm running the game. I can mix up the order of information, thank you. Uh, let's go around and see who we have this session. Let's go clockwise. Hi, I'm Mark and I'm playing the dwarf barbarian Docton Doc uh, Rockdelver, uh, aka the Doxer, aka the Docarino. Nobody calls you any of those things. AKA the Docmeister. <laughs> Again, no, never. <laughs> Silver Tongue Mike. <laughs> Good. Uh, speaking of which. And Nick, I'm playing Silver Tongue, a changeling sorcerer, who uh, we recently described as Circus Faye. By recently, I mean 10 minutes ago. <laughs> For the recording. No such times exist. We actually exist outside of this podcast. <gasps> what? Okay. And my name is Nadia. I'm playing Shuri Harima, who is a paladin of Ilmata. She is human, uh, and she is very nice. Just, mm. just a nice person. She is. She just wants to do some good. That's great. She just wants to do a paladin. Wizard. Wizard Asher, human bell Ben. I can also mix up the order. <laughs> Good, very good. Okay, so when last we left off, you had just had some shocking revelations. You had made your way to Candlekeep successfully, dodging the nefarious intentions of, I don't know, by last count, four, five, Mm -hmm. seven cults, I don't know, it's cults all the way down. Uh, The point is you got there safely and you found out a whole bunch of things. First of all, in your puzzle box was one half of a devil contract with the Archdevil of Avernus, Zariel, had made with the city of Elturel, and you found out that basically through some naughty devil trickery in the way that the contract is phrased and the way that the Oath of the Companion, which is a oath that everybody in Elturel swears when they become of age, basically binds you to service of the first layer of hell and Zariel herself. So, also, it turns out that Zariel was none other than the angel that led the charge into hell, uh, was actually the angel that led the charge of the Hell Riders itself. And uh, supposedly there was something that occurred, uh, some betrayal and, or, or other shenanigans that went on that uh, caused her to now become the Archduchess of the first layer of hell. Mm. So that's something to, to note. And so, but, um, yes sir. Can I clarify a point? You said there that it's an oath that every citizen of Atariel swears that's when they come of age. Yes. Is no, that the case, or is it the Hell Riders who swear that? So, so there's yeah. two. So there's two. There's the Oath of the Companion, which is basically like the one that you swear when you become a Hell Rider. Yeah. Um, but there is also the Creed Resolute, which is something that all citizens of Elturel basically. So I've taken both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, so, but that, that's interesting for people who've been there because then you're on the hook. I thought it was just the Hell Riders who are on the hook. Actually, Actually that, yeah, because it was like one well, the Hell, the, yeah. So the Hell Riders are bound, including like all their descendants, oh, their descendants, descendants. But then yeah. even Ash is bound. Yes, quite. Too. Yes, which is something I was not cognizant. I was, of. I was bound before, but yeah. Docton would not have been in the city when he came of age. Yeah, no, you're probably okay. I made me take the oath when I came to the city. Well, well, here's the thing. Actually, actually, you know what? Here's a way to get. Here's a way to get around that. Just to. I mean, he wouldn't have come to the city in a very like. No, one of the things though is to become an accredited adventuring company in the city. You have to take the creed as the, the creed resolute as part of that as well. Oh, so you, so they you would have done that as part of like their paperwork. As far as yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just like it's just so, the creed think of it like it's, it's like the oath of allegiance in American high school. It's just done as a casual like little I yeah, this that, this, don't, this, don't, yeah. Don't think too much about it. Swear to the it. city, that kind of thing. But it's not. It's very lip servicey. But unfortunately, in the politics I of, I feel like my heart wasn't in it. It's binding. Were your fingers crossed at the time? You know what? Fingers crossed. Maybe that'll be all seventeen of them. Maybe that'll. be yeah, no. because the devil's notorious for being like, well, sticklers for the rules. Yeah, you have yeah. yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. got me there. <laughs> Spirit of that. So, so some good news. Some good news is, at least for the time being, Elturel not destroyed. Elturel literally taken to hell. Uh, intact, presumably, so that the people of Elturel can in some manner be transformed, put to use and transformed into service. Listen, what nature exactly that takes, what state it is in, being like 14 days later, who knows? It's been about a 10 day. So, you know, lots of uncertainty, but the important thing is that there is hope. Also, means Stavius Creed wasn't a traitor. Sorry. He was loyal to his oaths. He wasn't a traitor at all. He betrayed the pe- <laughs> he betrayed the people. He was of El Toro. I mean, he was actually a loyal. He was actually a loyal observer. Ah, no, he betrayed oh, Tom. You are not going to be a Craig apologist. <laughs> he betrayed Tom. He may have. Yeah, I don't, I don't know his exact nature with Tom. Is this going to be all this graffiti around now saying you know Craig was, was right? Craig was right. <laughs> well, I mean. He was. <laughs> Whether he was moral is an entirely different question. That, that's that's very true. There's a lot of different... Um, he just puts a different spin on his actions. It's no longer what caused Stavius Creek to betray his oaths. What could he possibly be offered? And it's more like, oh, he was just kind of bad right from the beginning. I assume that he's feathering his nest when he realises that he's, you know, damned either way. Yes, well, that's, I think, why his head exploded there. There certainly seems to be a very sort of multifaceted ploy that obviously took place over 50 years and so the cult of Zariel maybe uh, has infiltrated higher ranking parts of the city and organised all oh, sorts of things. Oh definitely has. Yeah it definitely has. Pose, definitely. Yeah. You don't exactly know the full details but maybe, yeah. you'll, maybe you'll work that out. But so. I suppose it's a difference and maybe this is subtle and doesn't matter but it's a difference between say them infiltrating the high observers cadre to no that was they don't need to infiltrate that's them they're legitimately all of them already like that. Exactly. Because spin on things. Yeah, well, I know it certainly does. And, I mean, going by the contract, it seemed that the whole point of, of that was to, you know, save them from the Vampire Lord. And so the original High Observer, uh, she probably thought, well, you know, I don't have a lot of choice. And also, maybe, perhaps, she was arrogant, as a lot of people are, that in the, the 50 years that, figure a way that out. you've got, she could figure a way out of it. I'll just, I'll sign up. Yeah, yeah, sure. Whole city bound to hell. Great, great. <laughs> in 50 years, I'll definitely work out a way to break this, right? How uh, shortly after the whole vampire fiasco did she die? Uh, she, like about two years later. 
and she was definitely assassinated. <laughs> and, then, and so and so she did not last long at all. And so maybe that was it. Maybe she was making headway towards breaking it, and that's why the the so presumably or maybe the, people found out the truth. Well, if you think if you think about it, for that to work as is, you you'd have to have a certain amount of sincerity with the original person to sign the contract. Yeah. So the cult might not have been able to do it, you know, at that point. Maybe they had to legitimately set it all up with someone who actually had, you know, quote-unquote good intentions, and then, <laughs> once it was done, remove them because they're a problem, and then insert someone like Thebius to yeah. be, yeah, to be like, you now, know. Now, did Krieg find the contract? He must have known. Surely. Because he's been upholding his end of the bargain. Indeed. At no point is he said, oh, hey, by the way, this and that. It's an incredible coincidence to think he then fell later that the cult of Zariel. He had the box. Yes, he did. That's so, what I'm saying. Yeah, he, he must have known. I suspect he was probably, he knew about it when he took the position over. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was worth mentioning. No, no. And Silvertongue's not quite uh, <laughs> switched on enough to recognise all this, so I'm just doing it out of character. Yeah, in the no. intro. Well, I just think Silvertongue's knowledgeable about things, but very much in a way that someone who's read all of Shakespeare, that's like quite a bit of human nature and stuff, but doesn't really... <laughs> Doesn't really. Doesn't yeah, no, I think he does. You know, and it's like, oh, this is like this play that I know, whatever. So, so. yeah, <clears throat> he's not so, too stupid. He just doesn't care. In other, in other good news, apart from the fact that you know all your friends and family, or a sizable portion of them at least, may still be alive and well, if not, you know, uh, well, future doomed. You have got some hope. You have half of the contract, which means that there's a couple of options you have for potentially uh, saving the situation. Either stealing the other half of the contract, or the other, of course, bit of good news is that you have a very useful thing, which is Lulu the Holophant, who was the actual companion, the celestial companion to the Archangel Zariel. And. A lot of companions. And so she, uh, hopefully, will be able to. Once she recovers her memories, uh, be able to uh, assist you in, in, in either bargaining with Zariel or helping you get close enough to kill Zariel or really just maybe uh, or helping to steal part of the contract, whatever. The point is, there's lots lots of uncertainty, but... And we have our friend in the Golden Shield. And you do. And he'll be a, a wonderful guide to hell. I mean, he literally used to be in charge of Avernus. So, you know, hopefully he'll be a very useful source of information. And so with these two very diametrically opposed companions, the other literal devil and angel... Like, they it feels like they set that up. There's the angel and the devil on your shoulder. Yeah, very, very much so. So, you are in Candlekeep. You've just had all these shocking revelations. And you have decided... So Traxagor, who is one of the people that you are... Speaking to the otter wizard, the adorable little otter wizard with a little wizard pointed hat mm. and little wizard robe. He can cast plane shift, and so he has offered to do that for you. And so, what he's going to do there is obviously uh, search around his laboratory to find his tuning fork. If you can all give him a hand. Uh, meanwhile, of course, uh, Rhea is just you know still reeling from all this information, but she has sworn that she will journey to Avernus and to Elturel to help you. The others, of course, will stay there. Traxagor will come with you because he has to to plane shift you, all that sort of thing. And we'll see about <laughs> how long he stays once he gets there. But for now, uh, as we open our scene, you are still all standing around in Traxagor's tower, the top of the tower, his, his library slash residence slash uh, laboratory. Uh, so he starts to sort of fuss around and 
Uh, he describes the tuning fork saying that it looks like, you know, it's carved from this, you know, black hell, hell steel material. Uh, and so if you, if you be kind enough to look through his very, very messy lab to try to find it, anybody that wants to can give me an investigation or perception check to try to find it. I'll sing a ballad about finding things. <laughs> you can, you can do that. Well, That's us. a particularly perceptive. Flat no. five. We're actually all right on the investigation side of things. Uh, 15. We don't have a rogue. No. We don't have a wisdom caster. Yeah. Wisdom casters are chumps. It's all about the charisma, baby. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's go clockwise. Mark, what did you get? Five. Splendid. You find both natural and... Piece of lint in your belly button. No. Um, Not with a five, he does he? <laughs> you, you find something very interesting. It was an investigate check if that changes things. Yeah. So you find uh, what appears to be a small round cactus that has two eyes. Just sort of blinks at you. Googly eyes or real eyes? Real eyes. It blinks. Real eyes. Mm. Doctor starts trying to talk to the cactus. It, it doesn't appear to be able I to communicate, but it, bl- but it blinks at you. And, like, looks around and looks around. Are you hungry? <laughs> The cactus does not respond. <laughs> it is a, it is a small potted cactus. Make a secret. What did you roll? Also five. Great. You find the same cactus. <laughs> no, a slightly different. Well, mm-hmm. I want to roll too. If you get to find something cool. Too late, Nadia. Cherie <laughs> <laughs> sat around doing nothing and found no cool objects. Whenever Tom says anyone who wants to can roll an X check, even if I've got like a negative to the thing, I roll nice. just because it's funny to me. Nick, you find a what appears to be a cube of ice that, that just it's does not melt ever. Haha, oh, that's actually amazing. I'm gonna have cold drinks in hell. <laughs> and Suck it, Astaroth. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you get, Nadia? Eight. <laughs> God, this is, this is great. Ben, help! <laughs> this is this is absolutely splendid. Do you bet. Sorry, you find a deed to a ruined tower. The oh, lo- mine's not as fun. <laughs> the location of which is not specified. Yeah. Oh, you're a paladin. You're not going to do anything fun with that. <laughs> I'm going to be having cold martini and having nice cold cocktails. Yeah, they all get way cold. I want a cactus or a piece of ice that never melts. This uh, cactus knows so, things. To a so, tower. So, Ben, what did you get? Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, great. You find the tuning fork. Hey. <laughs> so, yeah, it makes sense. Like, it's like, okay, you're a party of adventure. Great. Here's a huge, messy laboratory. Find one item in it. Yeah. No context. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not going to fail. Yes. Um, is this just an actual fork? Or is it... <laughs> no, it's like a tuning fork. It's like a musical... Yeah, no, I know. It's I a bident. I saying it'd be funny if it was yes. just like an actual fork. Yes, it's a bident. That is pretty funny. It's um, a fork that can carry a tune. <laughs> My gosh. Okay. Yeah, that didn't really get much, but I felt like it got more than it deserved. <laughs> so, Asher, Ben. Yes. At a certain point while you're searching and after you found it, Sylvira wanders over to you and says, Listen, I wanted to gift you something. I must admit that despite how intriguing this is, and despite the fact that I have dedicated my life to the to the study of hell, I myself do not have the courage to come with you on this journey, on this quest. Oh, if I could if I could study hell and not be an active participant in it, I would absolutely do the same. She says, I do not know what sort of success you will have. I do not know what state Elthrell is in after all this time. But if there is any hope, I have a strong sense that with Lulu helping you, all of this seems very right. And so I would be remiss if I did not assist you in some way. I want to give you this. And she takes off a ring. Oh. And she passes you the ring. Well, this is a bit sun. And I, obviously, I'm flattered. <laughs> it's a cool ring. Um, it is basically a versatile, a bronze thing with a ruby set into it. It's 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 a really really nice looking thing. One of a she, set of nine. <laughs> she says, she says it is a ring 
of mental acuity. Um, oh. It will sharpen your mind. And it has a couple of properties then. One thing. Yes. It will allow you to, it, you know, it will store one level of spell. Ooh. So it acts as like a ring of spell storing with just one level. Yep. More importantly though, it will double your proficiency bonus to any intelligence-based ability checks. Oh, shit. Including saving throws. Yep. Not, not attack rolls or uh, your spell yep. DC. Right. But, you know, investigation, knowledge, yep. hit, whatever. You know, any 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 skill check or uh, ability score, cool. intelligence check that uh, it'll double the proficiency bonus that you have. Oh, my crap. Overhearing this, it's like, um, do you have to have another increases mental attributes, you say? <laughs> No, Glances yeah. at Docton talking to the cactus. <laughs> it knows things! Look at it! Do you have another one of those lying around? <laughs> Docton has started poking the spines of the cactus. Ow. 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 And uh, as you just, I will go and continue my studies for now. But uh, I, I wish you well. See me before you go. Mm. And with that, she wants to just basically, I've, I've taken the ring and I've got quite fascinated by this thing. But yeah, yeah. the moment that she goes is just, oh, uh, Yes, thank you. This is this is, is going to be very valuable, very mm-hmm. useful. Um, so yeah, at this point, Traxagora is still fussing about, but you of course have found the tuning fork now. Yep. I think I'm about ready to look around for uh, you know you know show this off to uh, Adelise, and then suddenly discover that she's actually not in the laboratory. Exactly. Uh, it's it, you know a lot of things have been going on, and so the fact that Adelise has disappeared into the shield. Is, uh, it was a science effect, you wouldn't even notice it. I want to ask Traxagor a question. Yeah, you can. So he's he's currently, he's like fussing with a book. He's like, oh, yes, hello. Do you have a favourite pebble? I, I beg your pardon? <laughs> Jesus. Do you have a favourite pebble? I, I mean, I have a, a rock collection, yes. Can I show it to you? Is it in your pocket? It's like, um, I, ha- I always keep a couple with me. <laughs> But, but no, my greater collection is, uh, is really quite astounding. It is something that I've had a compulsion to do for the last three decades since becoming an otter. <laughs> oh, buddy. I'm sorry, this is no point to this. He, I he just takes out, it to be cute. <laughs> he takes out... No, but Lulu's fascinated. She just kind of... Because Lulu's kind of hanging around you, Nadia. She's just sort of mm. sort of floating around, looking looking very... A little bit, like, excited, but also a bit sort of, like, confused and a bit sort of... Um, not put out, just kind of, like, a bit anxious. Yeah. Um, but no, Tra- Traxagor starts fussing through his pockets and he's got a couple of little coloured pebbles. Mm. And he says, um, this one is very nice, I think. Um, and, they, and Lou's just like, oh my goodness, that is just the nicest rock that I've ever seen. So tell me, the longer you are as an otter, the more you feel otterish. Is that right? Or um, I, I suppose so. It was originally done as a curse, of course, but frankly, I consider it a win. I was 87 when it happened as a human. And I've been an otter for 30 years, and I do not appear to be aging. For all I know, I am an immortal otter. At the, at the very least, I have lived longer. Immortal otter. <laughs> at the very least, I've certainly lived longer than I would have as a human. Interesting. And this form has its restrictions, but also um, has its benefits. Right. So, have you ever considered going back? I have, and I have had the offer made to me, which I've declined. I suppose. I mean, I'm just fascinated, really. You've just become a new person, and received a second chance at life in the form of an otter. Indeed. The magical world is a splendorous thing. I think you should write a memoir. I think it would make for an excellent story. Memoirs, of course. Yes, I kept a diary as a younger acolyte, of a, a student of wizardry, but perhaps I should take it up again. I think so. You could call it Otterly Magical. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brilliant title. <laughs> right? I don't get it. 
<laughs> Lou's like, like, oh, I love it. It's, it's, it rhymes and it's just wonderful. It doesn't it's not rhyme. <laughs> I won't point it out to her. That's <laughs> my good deed for the year. It's like, oh, Not dismaying the little elephant. <laughs> Dockmeister, how's that cactus going? Oh my god. She says, I'm not much for reading, but that sounds like the book that I would read. And so at this point, I assume you wander over and uh, present the fork, Ben? Yes, indeed. Splendid. Traxagor takes the fork and his little, his little otter paws and just sort of sits there. And then just you know bangs it against a rock. Right. So he, so he, no, he takes the he what takes the tuning fork. The tuning fork, by the way, is almost as big as he is. So mm. it's to him, it's a glaive yeah, at this point. He says, "Right, well, I suppose uh, no more excuses. I, I, um, I mean, did you? We need time to be ready. And Adelise appears to have gone into the shield again. Ah, uh, yes, a, a very curious thing. I, had you considered?" not taking the shield and giving it over to the vaults of Candlekeep for security. If we don't take the shield, then Adelise is going to be in the vaults of Candlekeep, which, while it would be an incredible opportunity, is probably one she's not going to appreciate right now. <laughs> um, the voice uh, of Gargoth appears only in your head, Ben. Ooh, hello. And it says, That is a very wise point. You are clearly the most intelligent and eloquent of the group. I wonder, in fact, why you do not hold me. It's a reasonable question. A mind such as yours is the most precious tool in Avernus there is. <laughs> if anyone is to be blessed with my most intimate protection, it should be yourself. Some ego striking going on here. Yeah, there's. He's <laughs> like, yeah, not wrong. Like you are a tool. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, it's only it's only yeah. it's only Ben. I know that was me saying. <laughs> oh, it's good, good. Mm. Anyway, yes, I'm taking a look, and I'm mentioning as I'm mentioning that you know. Keeping Adelie's clothes, making sure that should she return, is going to be, you know, with us. Mm-hmm. Do, would you mind if I... Oh, no, I don't care. All right. Great. How much does the shield weigh, just out of curiosity? Um, so, it's, I mean, it, it, it is lighter than it should be. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it is that magical quality that all armor and weapons in D&D have where they... Yeah. It's either that they're a little bit lighter or they just feel it because they have a, well, an actual supernatural ease to their use. Uh, yep. And so you, you find that you can handle it really well. I ask it mainly because if it's like five pounds or something, I can bear it telekinetically and just have it hover and float with me. Oh my. I mean, uh, I will say that it'd be more than five pounds. Then that's fine. But, uh, but no. Right, then I... What's your strength? Eight. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you can lift this, in fact. <laughs> what are you talking about? Let's go, Noodle Arms. Yeah, yeah. I am dexterous. Do you lift? Yeah. Yes. How are you going to lift with your dexterity, Nick? <laughs> By a fulcrum. That's strength. <laughs> <laughs> in any case, I equip it and I do so mentally. Splendid. Yeah, great. So there's like. The, yeah, sorry. Uh, and yes. remembering something else that Adelise uh, wanted before she was disappeared. Yes. We need some time. We need some time to repair, but not much. So, yeah, so Traxagor says, uh, Listen, I will gather everything. Uh, if you wish to go um, at any point, uh, did you want to go within a few hours or have a night's rest before you leave? Uh, it is completely up to you. I, I must admit to being in no hurry, and while I realise there is some urgency, it has already been 12 days or so. Is there a place here that sells food, uh, particularly food uh, that uh, has a lot of protein in it? He means rations. Oh, yes, of course. I can secure some, some rations for you. I have some questions about health in order to inform what we might need to take with us. Oh, he, he points to Silvira. Silvira's been just sort of looking out the window with a melancholy look on her face, and she turns around and says, 
Well, I am certainly one of the greatest experts that currently exist. Have you been to hell? No, I have not. I see. Hmm. I have, I, to be honest with you, I have, in a, on a couple of occasions during my studies, been in the presence of portals and uh, the ability to travel there. However, I have neglected to do so. I mean, I suppose it's not the um, safest of places. I guess what I want to know and understand, though, is what, what is it like? Does it mirror this plane? In terms of it its on fire? structure, or it's—I'm trying to conceptualize it in any way. Like, will we go there? Will we find hell taverns? <laughs> this <laughs> is like you know—is it a dark forest where your father opens his root cage and invites you to dance with him? Is it just screaming? <laughs> she, she says. She says. An excellent question. Allow me to explain as best that I can, with the understanding, of course, that uh, while I have read countless books on the subjects and studied the lore of the nine layers of hell all of my uh, adult life and uh, even most of my teen years, I cannot claim a first-hand account. But it depends on the layer. For example, Avernus is the most frequented layer in the first layer of hell. They descend all the way down to Nessus, which is the, uh, the final and ninth layer of hell. And each of the layers of hell is actually extraordinarily different. Avernus, for example, was originally uh, a paradise, but a false one. For you see, if you think about it, the idea of devils tempting mortals into an eternity in hell seems like a bit of a bad deal. The idea was originally that Avernus was a honey trap. It was a beautiful paradise, but uh, a fake veneer over much more malevolent things beneath. Asmodeus had it that way intentionally, to lure mortals in, so that when you showed a mortal hell, and they realized they were bounding their soul to it, that didn't look so bad, right? So that all changed because for the longest time, the River Styx did not protrude all the way into Avernus. It ran readily through other portions of the multiverse, but when the River Styx broke through, and how this occurred nobody really knows, scholars disagree, then it all changed, because then the demons could come, and that is when the blood war began. And now Avernus is really like nothing so much as a blasted wasteland. It is a battleground amongst all else. This is where the greatest battle, don't forget, the greatest war in the multiverse occurs, the blood war between demons and devils. And so it is a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Factions of devils and demons all, so demons burst out of the river sticks, charge across the plains or uh, get there through other means because of the river sticks, Strix's intrusions. And um, it is endless. In a way, Avernus is the bastion for the rest of the multiverse against the demon horde and the chaos of the abyss. So not much infrastructure then? No, there are certainly locations. It is still hell. It is not the abyss. It is not the realm of demons. It is the realm of devils. There is order to it. Devils are conniving and evil, but they are at the very least uh, sort of organized and disciplined. There is a strict hierarchy. Devils bargain for, for the souls of mortals, and so every devil can be promoted. Devils all start off as lesser things, like lemurs most often, or sometimes gifted mortals are 
when, they, when their souls go to hell upon their death, they start off as more powerful devils. But every devil can be promoted, and um, there is a hierarchy, of course. Each layer has its own archduchess or archduke, uh, with, of course, Lord Asmodeus himself, uh, the ruler of Nessus, the final layer. My understanding, though, is that Avernus being the first layer and closest to the material plane is the most like the material plane. It has some strange alien geography, and I know that time and space do tend to work a little differently there, but compared to the other layers, it is still very, I suppose, very tangible and very uh, survivable, frankly, for, for mortals. It is not like you will go there and burst into flames because of the heat. I understand, though, that it is unpleasant. Those that have traveled there say that food cannot be tasted and savored. Water cannot completely quench you. It is a, it is a miserable and bleak place, and you should be prepared for that. There is something unsatisfying about everything. There is a, a pervasive uh, aura of melancholy and despair. Because don't forget that living beings shouldn't really be there, you know? It, 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 so my understanding is that mortals that travel to hell, the longer they stay there, uh, become uh, are prone to, uh, well, frankly, uh, corruption and other negative emotions. That's given me a lot to think about. Thank you. Um, so Traxagor says, I will prepare. Um, I cannot take too much time in preparing this. Uh, it is certainly very, very important to get correct the first time. And it has been a long time since I have used the tuning fork to go uh, to anywhere like this. So I would advise you, I, I will have, so Sylvira says, I will obtain all the rations that you need. I will, I will get three 10 days worth for you at the very least. I will also make sure that they are relatively high quality. Although I, as mentioned, I should point out that According to all anecdotal research, you won't really be able to enjoy the food, unfortunately. Oh, I've so never enjoyed rations. it's not just the food that you find there, it's the food that you bring there is the same thing. She nods and says yes. Yeah, because what I was thinking of doing is, like, it's, it, morale is important. Um, and Shuri is well-versed in morale with working with the Hellriders as well and was thinking of things that um, we could bring with us that would kind of help boost us Ameliorate when we needed it. So maybe not food, but... What she wants to do, actually, if that's okay, Tom, mm. and if people consent to this, is I kind of want to do some roles of, like, you know, thinking about what I know about each of my companions and, like, what they value and what they get joy from, and then going and kind of just without their knowledge, <laughs> maybe getting a couple of things together so that when I see someone flagging, I can be like, hey, look at this cool pebble I found. And the otter will be like, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> that's know, really, stuff like that. That's really that's sweet. Awesome. I, I, li I like that very much. Uh, so Lulu pipes up at this point and says, and goodness, I'm very good at bolstering spirits. That's kind of my whole point. Ah, it's like, uh, holophants are supposed to be uh, heralds it's like, and, and boon companions. Oh, the trumpets. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> So God I, damn it, I'm, so I'm not bad. telling anybody this. Yeah, can I do these roles? Of course you may, yeah. And then you can tell me, or you you all can tell me what, you know, mm. it could be an item or a thing I could pack away for you yep. that would be good to hand over, like a mince pie when you were yeah, dealing yeah. down. Yeah, this is this is really great. I love this idea very much. So, well, actually, why don't we just, uh, why don't we say this? So, what, what would your character be, I guess, bolstered by? Depends what, what the... It, 
We talk about rolls. What are we rolling in? Yeah, what are we rolling? Well, I, I, I wouldn't need you to roll for any of this. You can, I think you... I, yeah, I let's love, just say, yeah, because it's volunteered like, information. I love the idea, and I, I want to encourage it and make it happen. So I yep. love it. That you, so you, uh, Ben, Nick, Mark, what, what would your character, because you know better than anyone, what would your character, if presented with it as a gift, be actually really sort of, I guess, enthusiastically bolstered by? Comforted by whatever, probably uh, some sort of like rare book, something that I can, something that would be you know distracting or uh, engaging to read, something that would further my knowledge. Awesome. What's like subject matter that he enjoys? Uh, more often than not, it's uh, something to do with like a complex uh, arcane lore or, um, or magical theory. Mm-hmm. But he's also um, quite enthusiastic about history, especially uh, his own uh, family's lineage. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's say that I I spend some a little bit of time going through an old you know bookstore, rare bookstore, and I find a book that is on um, an old uh, let's say an old journal of one of your ancestors mm. in their um, during their time studying here. Yeah, during their time studying here, uh, studying a particular object. Yeah. So they they found a magical artifact and it's there, um, you know, Mm -hmm. almost like... Yeah, that would absolutely bolster me. Yeah, something like that. No, that's perfect. I love love that so much. I mean, listen, you are certainly in the right place to obtain that, let's be Mm -hmm. honest. So you're all good to go. Lovely. And uh, Nick? Uh, Spiced honey wine. Nice. Why spiced honey wine? It's what the actors drink around the campfire. It just reminds you of that fellowship. Yeah. Um, yep, one of the few memories I have. Yep. Nice. <gasps> Mysterious. Mm. Mark? Um, I think Doctor would like something, essentially like, I'm not trying to make a joke, but he would like something to, just to keep him occupied, something to do with his hands, like he gets restless. Fidget spinner. Mm. Like, 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 like a puzzle box, but a non-hellish. Yes. But like, like, <laughs> like a, 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 Fidget or toy. like just like a, a like, I just want to say like, like one of those Balls in the oh uh, yeah, table. Balls, cups, cups and balls. But to like just essentially something that's like a physical challenge that he can just like do to keep himself. I'll say that there's like a magical puzzle thing where you know yeah. you know those the balls that you yeah. try to roll into yeah, yeah, yeah. the hole. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Like a, like a magical puzzle toy. Yeah, yeah and absolutely. like the ball changes colors and stuff as yeah. you move it around. Yeah, yeah. So so you nice. actually in that case then you go to the temple or the uh, the like the, the section of Candlekeep that's dedicated to Gong the Wonderbringer and there they record not only writings and such on invention and gond and all that sort of thing but you there's also like a small museum and there's all sorts of things there we'll say that with Traxico's help you managed to secure the borrowing of a uh, of a of a trinket Yay. Doctor just needs something like something yeah. that's also a goal not not to detract from this would Raya be doing mm. something like this clandestinely for uh, Sherry's benefit uh, ooh. Oh, ooh. May, mayhaps indeed. So, so what? Uh, just juries and not. So my object is Raya. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I'll be honest and say that Raya would be too focused at the present time uh, on. I was going to do one for myself as well. I, okay. I wasn't going to completely neglect myself. Oh, Lulu, Lulu, Lulu was going to do the same thing for you as well. Because she, because she's coming around. She loves this idea. She's all about like bolstering morale and such like that. So if you if you're doing this, I think I think Lulu would actually secretly while you're maybe while you're in the Gond Temple because God, there's paperwork there. Um, getting the getting the toy, she would uh, go to I think Mark actually. Because you seem like the nicest, and she likes nice. 
she likes nice people. Oh no! So no, so wow. she, so she oh, goes to no, you. No, I just like. Then has a negative eight wisdom, like uh, an eight wisdom. He's not good at like reading people. Oh, that's very true. That's but why you know he's so genuine. He's just you. He's a genuine fellow. But no, so she'll definitely go to you, and she'll she'll ask you, say, "Hey, so um, uh, what 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 would you say that Shuri would would really really love? Like what?" What what's something we could get for her as like as a present? Well, she really likes Raya. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's and a little problematic. And arguing about <laughs> Raya with Silver Tongue. Oh, that, that that sounds interesting. I suppose if that's the sort of thing that you find entertaining. And she likes that uh, uh, god guy that she has around her neck. The oh, god. don't matter. Yeah, Mater, whatever his name is. Oh, Phyllis, she's a paladin. Of course he likes her god. Okay, listen, you just keep looking there, you two relax. <laughs> you just, you're just doing a great job. I want you're you to being know. condescended to by <laughs> a glowing <laughs> elephant yeah. with no memories. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he's tenant, mm-hmm. eight wisdom. That's fair. If you're going to ask for insight on anybody, Doctor is probably the worst person to ask. <laughs> you know. I, can give you, I can give you an idea of what she would like. You are just so you're so great. That's well, wonderful. That's wonderful. You maybe don't... ask where. I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, that is such a good idea. Like he doesn't kind of like he gets that. Like he hasn't yeah. really given anything useful. It's like you know what that is. A, that, that is an incredibly smart suggestion. I'll go do that straight away. And so she walks out of rare. So. Um, so, so, so putting the conversation between Ray and Lily, which by the way none of you would be there for anyway. Um, what what do you think uh, would be something that Shuri would truly uh, find bolstering? To give her something to mend, so like Ooh, okay. a, bro- a broken piece of pottery, a broken mug with its pieces, because um, she's always got mm. her little artisan kit on her, which mm-hmm. is the kintsugi mending. I think it's kintsugi. I always yeah. forget the name of it. Mending with um, gold. Yeah. Um, right. And making the broken thing beautiful through its flaws. Great. So, yeah, being able to practice her art and mm-hmm. just giving her something to fix and make whole in in that way, you know, would allow her to make herself whole again. That is really splendid. So Lulu will go and will do that. And splendid. So that all happens. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to do before Traxagor takes you to help? <laughs> yes, we yes. need to buy all of the things. Sam is adamant that I purchased diamonds on her behalf for purposes of revivify. Oh yes, no, one hundred percent, that can happen. Uh, how many would you like? What would she like? Uh, this actually is going to depend on the thing because uh, there's a cost for them. There's definitely a cost. It's three hundred gold pieces per diamond. Oh wow, there you are. Well, I mean, they have all the diamonds that you can. Oh, absolutely. That, that you would like. So it's really just a matter of your financial limitations. Now here's the next thing. Do we Do- want to bring our own diamonds each? <laughs> Do we have access to the bag of holding that was on uh, Adelise's person? Yes. Ooh, excellent. Just to, so what we'll say, just for simplicity going forward, yep. that when you go to be sucked into the shield, yeah. you are aware of it oh. for a few seconds. You're okay. like, what is it? So you have time to drop anything important that the group might need. So okay. we'll, we will definitely say that if you are the bearer of the bag of holding, as Adelise is, then mm-hmm. she dropped the bag of holding, you have the bag of holding. 
Alright, brilliant. It's just a nice little... You're just racking up magical items and it's about one per every five minutes. Doing alright, doing alright. You just stand around until you're overloaded. Then you can... <laughs> I'm sorry, not all of us get to have a cloak of glamour weave on our birthday. No, it's good. You, you get like, you got the ring, the shield, and the thing. I think we just get you standing there I'm and right. you gradually accrue more and more from around you and then we just leave fully bolstered. Well, that's an ability for you right uh, there. The uh, engineer, the artificer class. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the one. Alright, so that will be a thing. Let's see. For purposes of cash, I might actually go to. I'll go to each person here. Adelise was adamant that descending into help, particularly given the terms of the contract that most of us are under, that we need some way of being spared from death's embrace. Some sort, she has some sort of ability from Torn that allows her to spare the dying. Is it the spell, Spare the Dying? It is not, in fact, the spell Spare the Dying. There was a spell Revivify, which is not something that I'm completely across, as it's not something you can learn from a book. But nevertheless, Adelise believes that she's going to need diamonds, the value of a person's uh, worth, which is 300 well, gold pieces and very insulting. Yeah. I, um, I couldn't possibly afford that. I believe the UN put the value of a human life at just over $7 million. <laughs> In, in, a, in the uh, favouring gold pieces to Australian dollars economy, that roughly shakes The Australian out dollar is quite weak at the moment. Yeah, that shakes out to about 300 gold pieces. So. I don't care what the un says. <laughs> so, right. at yeah, the very I least, think I think we'll everyone costs in one. 300? Yeah, sure. sure Great. Right. No, that, sounds, that sounds good. Sure. All right then. So, you get that. Any, anything else that anybody would like. Lot. Anything else that anybody would like to purchase or obtain before you set off? How much is a hat of disguise? Um. I mean, Does, doesn't awesome. your natural ability kind of make that redundant? Yes, but think how funny it would be. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Just, like you're wearing a hat of disguise. Oh, I am. Take it off. Look exactly the same underneath. It's, it's that bit of the end. I of, just like the hat. It's that bit of the end of Scooby-Doo where, you know, yeah. actually it's wearing like two or three masks. <laughs> it's old man Jenkins wearing a mask of old man Jenkins. Because <laughs> it's kind of useful to have an illusion over a physical body over my, I guess what you call endoskeleton or whatever you want to call my endo form. You are the Tudukin of Changelings. I am the Tudukin of Changelings. The Cthulhu one with all the tentacles. <laughs> So are you serious? You really want to get ahead of this guy? Let's find how much it is first. Uh, four thousand gold. Yeah, can't afford it, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Good job. Um, so you're Doctor, all you're all set then? Or? Doctor, yeah. uh, what's her face? The hell expert. Silvara. 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 Doctor will go to her. Yep. Like. So she she's got all these books out now, so and she's 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 pouring through maps that she has. So I didn't get all of what you said about hell, but I got that you said that it's all very different yes I mean it, it, and it's it, like a battlefield and stuff yes indeed a, d- a dangerous place to be sure because I've always wanted like a weapon that's like always on fire but like is that redundant in, in hell like because they're all hell's fire right like, well it depends on what sort of fire it is uh, hellfire for example normally crafted is a, a special kind of fire that can uh, hurt the infernal creatures, devils and demons and others that are normally immune to or resistant to flames. Mm. That sounds hard to get though. It can be obtained, but it is it is difficult, of course. However, you may be fortunate. I know that the armies of hell t- tend to use them against their abyssal foes. Oh, so perhaps you can you can pick up such a weapon from your um, from your fallen com- from, your, from your fallen enemies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. Great. Perfect. Thank you. I don't know why we didn't just immediately go to Weapon on fire is the thing that would bolster him. 
<laughs> I mean, it's That's one of the things actually. that it's like it's so easily on our part. Can the puzzle box be on fire? He's <laughs> <laughs> a little to-do checklist, like oh, he's yeah. he's bucket list or whatever his life goals. It's like heroes have cool weapons, like swords that are on fire. Axes that are on fire. Axes. Yeah. Halberds that are on fire. <laughs> yes. Nadia. Sylvira and Traxagor have a conversation and Lulu, you, Lulu is just kind of hanging around there for a second and then she flaps over to you, with, uh, Shuri, with a slightly puzzled look on her face. And she says, Theory, may I ask you a question? Yes, of course. What is, what is that thing when, when you do this? And she like stares. <sighs> and she, she, her face tenses. Oh, I can't do it. I've been trying to do it for so very long and it, it seems impossible, but um, the thing where you close one eye and not the other one. Ah, oh, that would be a wink. What, what does that mean? People do that around me a lot and I'm not entirely sure what it means. It depends largely on context. It can be a sign of attraction and flirtation. It can be a sign of a shared secret often as well. Oh, like a shared secret. Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. I think in that context, that's what a lot of people do it around me. Mm. I was worried that maybe it was some way that people were making fun of me, but that wouldn't be the case. No, I think in some ways people probably treat you quite delicately because of who you are and because that you you don't have all of your memories. I'm so very sorry about that. I don't mean to lose my memories. I promise that I'll do my very best to recover them, because I know how helpful they will be. Please don't apologise. Nobody would ask for this to happen to them. And we're as... We're confident that you will get back to your whole self. But until then, who you are now is perfectly splendid. Thank you. And thank you so much for not patronising or condescending to me. Because, you know, people... I think that people think that all celestials are uh, somewhat more naive than we actually are. Now, I was born at night, but not last night. I know a couple of things. I'm an ancient being. I'm older than most things in the universe. Exactly. And I am sorry that because of your affectations and because of how you present, that people don't take you as seriously as they should. Well, that's the secret of the Holofence. We're supposed to be underestimated. Hmm. But big things come in small packages. Too right. I think we are going to become the very best of friends, Yuri. I'm very glad that you are accompanying me on this noble quest. Mm. Me too. You know that oftentimes, holophants are the animal companions of very special paladins? I've heard of this. Some paladins have celestial mounts. Um, and I was... Oh, oh, I was Ariel's mount. I wasn't just her friend. I was her mount. Her battle companion. I see. So I, you must have been in a very different form at some point. Why? Well, unless she is very small. <laughs> she sort of, she sort of looks down, looks down at herself and says, "Well, what is wrong with my size? I think I am very big enough to feel over my own knees." There's nothing wrong with your size, but mounts are typically bigger. You've seen a horse, yes? She says, "Yes," and she looks really confused for a second and says, "Well, m- maybe there was some some magic at work. I I, I don't know. It's difficult." Have you tried changing sizes before? Oh, goodness, no. I was not aware that I could do that. Maybe it's something to think about. It is. As you say that, all of a sudden, she just, she clearly gets this flash. Like you have, like, it's like she gets a memory. And effectively, she, whether you want her to or not, she's sort of, because she's very telepathic, right? Like she, she speaks out loud, but she can also just telepathically talk to you in your, in your head. And you get effectively this broadcast, and what you can and what you can see is this 
this image, this, this flash of basically this gigantic golden dire-sized mastodon with wings, a huge golden-furred woolly mammoth. Ah. With, um, with with huge spreading wings and you can see that this, this image of this beautiful silver-skinned angel who is bald with uh, a halo of like sort of silver moonlight and fire around her head and resplendent white but almost slightly silver wings uh, and you can see that there is a flash of this red torn sky and darkness. Uh, the angel holds this sword in her hand, this just ridiculously glamorous looking fantasy sword flying through the air. And you can tell that this mammoth is Lulu. And you can see that, that she is just like charging and left and right slaying like demons, like demons that are riding other things and demons that have got wings. This very particularly large furry demon. It, it, look, it kind of looks like a winged demonic knoll that's like, you know, 25 feet tall, just this gigantic demonic monstrosity that just kind of flaps towards them and they go to charge and it's like a great big oil painting across the skies of what looks like hell with like basically Lulu. It's like the, the Valkyrie thing from um, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Very, very much. And you just sort of see this image of them like, of them like a, a, about to clash and then all of a sudden she sort of snaps out of it. Whoa. Wow, did you you remember that now? Oh, that that just came to me like a vision. I remember it. I could smell and she sort of like tastes like Ugh. I taste the copper of what I think is no no blood in my mouth. Ugh. Well it appears you were a very different size indeed. Yes. I just good? caution you, whenever you decide to perhaps play with your size, maybe do it outside. <laughs> she said she says, Well I cannot remember how to do that, but no doubt I will. Mm. No doubt you will too. I think probably at a time that it is important for you to do so. Yeah, and then she, then she actually looks a little bit sad and just kind of flies over to the window and just sits there looking out. Did anybody else see that? That's a reasonable question. That's a reasonable question. So she broadcasted it. Mm -hmm. And so I will think actually, although you have no context for this, that yeah. anybody in the tower would actually get that as well. Oh, geez. Uh, Her telepathy range is 120 feet. We, uh, I kind of urge everyone towards me and I just kind of say um, you know, we need to be careful in our conversations with her I think it's clearly some things will, will trigger these memories and they are quite um, as we've just experienced uh, that was intense. that was Lulu? I thought it was the shield that was Lulu she's starting to piece things together <laughs> the shield says what was Lulu? what are you talking about? The vision is not for you. Oh, he's jealous because he's not the only one sending out telepathic images. How do you like that? Vision oh, game. Nice. That's awesome. All right. So, Can you even still do a little that shield. Still a little stung by all that nonsense. You um, are going to collect yourselves. Um, what What are the final preparations are you making before you go to taxi? Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. Well, you. I mean, you can purchase uh, what whatever potions you like. Of course, um, you have the you have some funds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The alchemical depository here in Candlekeep will sell you whatever potions you like. I would like potions. I would also like some kind of magic manacle things. Oh yes. Oh, uh, that could be useful. And sexy. 
So you can purchase some wizard manacles if you like. Yes, they are wizard manacles that, when placed on a person, will, will prevent them from casting How much spells. Do they, what they cost. So they're nine hundred gold coins. Mm-hmm. Is that doable, guys? I'm not the money keeper here. I think we were all looking after our individual money uh, oh, as no. of last game. Whoops. I didn't know that. <laughs> All right, give me one sec. I think I've got. So unless you've unless you've um, spent uh, something on expensive magical items. Two thousand three hundred. I haven't really. Uh, well, after the after the uh, uh, after the because everyone's buying a diamond. I don't like. So it'd be down to two thousand. Do you okay? Do you want? So says. Okay, so. Oh, sorry. Um, if, if you start to talk about the idea of purchasing wizard manacles, yeah. Sylvira actually says, Oh, wait, wait. No, no, no. I, I can certainly spare some. I use them oftentimes for uh, spellcasters that are, uh, well, possessed by devils. Yeah. Ah, I see. About 150 gold each. Cool. If we include Sam in that cost. Sorry, come again. That last? The wizard manacles would be about 150 gold each if we yep. include Sam in that cost. All right, I'm with you now. She says, I will happily spare some. Or oh, I, I also have some potions of my own that I could, I, I, would, I would very easily um, and very, very happily give to you. Um, yeah, we're going to need potions of healing, especially because the person who does most of our healing is uh, trapped in the shield. And I get to heal a lot. <laughs> she, so much. Okay, say no more. And so, so she, she scurries away and she comes back and she says, listen, these are proven to be very useful when I'm out in the more dangerous areas of the world doing my studies. And so she gives you uh, two potions of invisibility. Who wants to take those? Uh, I have one uh, on me at the moment, so possibly I'd say Mark. Yeah, I'll take one. Yeah, Doctor. And she has four health potions. Uh, You should should have two each. You have one. um, I've already got three. That's five, Ben. Four health potions and you just handed out five. I'm doing overall math and then whoever it is that's like taking them. I have two health questions on me already before this, so. Yeah. Well, I'll take one. I'll take one. And uh, yeah, so you see her going through her, going through her cabinet. So she's taking you all to her office, basically, just to kind of look around and find things. She says, I do not even recall making these, but um, (laughs) here we are. (laughs) She she, she nods and, and she has, there's five of them. They're potions of featherfall. I suppose that could be useful. Yeah, especially. You, you Lots do, of cliffs and other other things. Do does Featherfall does the potion of Featherfall uh, limit itself to you, or is it like the spell that can select other people as well when you drink it? So with, so with potions of Featherfall, it is like it just does it for to one yourself. person. Yeah, All exactly. Right. Cool. Good, good question though. But yeah, right. so she she says, oh, there's and five, one each. I feel like we should also have some kind of resistance to like charm compulsion type stuff <laughs> I feel like that's going to be hellish agreed and is there the... anything like that that we can get is there unless there's a potion equivalent a scroll of protection from good and evil is a good way to go mm, yeah yep so you can you can you can purchase a, uh, a scroll of protection from good and evil if you like and is that just one person or is that multiple uh, I have to be one person on that one the spell is limited to one person but you may have access to it uh, as part of your paladin yeah it's a, it's a paladin spell yeah. so it's a spell that you can prepare so I've, that's okay for me but and for I've got others. one and I've got it prepared as well okay cool so maybe how much would a scroll like that cost you well it's only first level it's only first level so 50 gold yeah so maybe we get them for these guys as well mm-hmm. yeah okay. so three mm-hmm. great that so sounds write, good write down scroll of protection from good and evil also who else was taking the healing potions we don't want to squander these um, I took one mm-hmm. and then and I took one and Ben took one so there's yeah, one and I think more. Nick had one as well okay cool mm-hmm. yeah I don't think I can cast the scroll of protection from good and evil 
So I should is there a potion equivalent? I think you could cast it on me, but yes, I couldn't I can. use it. So I can only sustain one of it, though. It's a concentration spell. If it's a scroll, does the concentration spell still apply? Uh, so if it's a scroll, then, then, then the person that has it cast upon you basically has a concentration. Okay. Yeah. I'm good at concentration spells. Not so much at spells. Yeah. So unless there's a, a, a potion equivalent, or there is a couple of additional spells that allow you to resist mind control. Once again, eight wisdom. Invisible fortress, I think, but that's a fourth level spell. I mean, protection from good and evil really is the one you're looking for. It does the job. Yeah. For a first level spell, okay. makes you immune from being charmed. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, okay. Uh, and listen, if you wanted to splurge, you can get more. It's candle keep. You can purchase as many scrolls, well, within reason. You can yeah. certainly purchase as many scrolls of various levels as you like. Uh, you have 1,220 gold and you spend 1,000 to enchant your weapon. Okay. From your pre, from your, from the money that you got previously so got at character creation. So you should have... 1,220 gold? Uh, you should have, you should only have 1,220. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then subtract from that. No, this should have had 2,000, spent 1,000 to enchant the weapon. That's what I'm saying. So down to 1,000 and then subtract the cost of the, uh, diamonds. Yes. This is what, yeah, this is exactly what I'm saying. Sorry, I thought you were working. All right then. So, very yep. good. So you get all that. You you buy you get prep. So you buy all that. This is is there any, anything else? You're all good to go. Nothing further. Don't think so. Lovely. When do you want to go? So this all. I mean, this all takes a few hours. Do, yeah. do you want to have a night's rest and leave in the morning, or would you like to decide that time is of the essence and go uh, this afternoon? Well, we haven't really done anything since our last long rest. I've used a spell slot, and that's about it. Okay, but you could arcane okay. recovery. Exactly that. that. So we've, and we want to almost certainly would um, yeah. take time for a short rest because then also yeah. um, Adelie's will get yeah I'm, their spell slots back. Indeed, I'm definitely in favour of uh, going now. I just wanted to highlight it was all. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good to me. So, oh, but I will store a uh, protection from good and evil spell in the ring that I've been given. Ah, very good idea. My man's mm-hmm. perfect. Very very cool. Hey. Uh, Yes. Oh, sorry, I cut you off there. That's it. No, that's okay. Go for it. Uh, The crown that Doctor has. Yes. Achievement. Yes. Uh, yes. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Right. Just want to make sure I'm marking off my achievements. But oh, and your ring is achievement too. So obviously, amongst everything else that's already occurred, you spend an hour attuning to the ring. Indeed. Uh, right. So in that case, after you have done all your acquiring and your shopping and your final preparations and so forth, you assemble together, and Traxagor says, "All right. Well, um, the wards of Candlekeep will prevent plane shift from within." from within itself so we shall have to uh, walk to just outside Candlekeep and I can cast the spell there I am prepared Rhea just kind of you know tightens her sword belt and gives a grim nod Sylvira says well I suppose this is where I leave you best of luck and I know I know in my heart that you will succeed thank you Sylvira for your help and for everything I hope to see you all again I for what it's worth I will spread the word on this side of things and um, tell any expert that I know exactly what has occurred so that should the worst happen maybe uh, there might be a, a, a second attempt made and so with that you bid her farewell you leave that you Lulu Traxagor and Rhea all get in a little group and wander through the corridors of Candlekeep um, it's sort of late afternoon, the, the sun is hanging low in the sky as you make your way through the vaulted academic walls of Candlekeep. Relatively silent the structure is, despite the number of people in here. You go back down to the main courtyard, of course, and you can still see people relaxing and lounging. You can smell the food from the main mess hall uh, as they are beginning to prepare what will be dinner. 
you walk past the two, the three guards that are out the front who just give you a, you know, cursory nod. It's the same ones that you you encountered this morning. They (laughs) look a little strangely at your little little crew because you've, amongst other things, have got uh, Traxagor sitting on someone's shoulder who is going to be... Actually, no, Traxagor will uh, will ride Lulu. Like a little little mount. So she just kind of flaps... Flaps past and you know, so they seem familiar with Traxagor and Lulu, so they you know, they don't look, oh my god, it's an otter with a wizard hat and a flying golden elephant. It's more just like oh. that's been inside the whole time. Oh, I missed it. The the curious look they give is much more akin to, oh, where are they going? You know, so but you know, they don't ask you any questions. Uh, you make your way down uh, until you're basically just on the outskirts of Camel Keep, just kind of standing there on the way of the line on the road that leads up. And yeah, uh, Traxagor takes his old tuning fork and says, all right, uh, any any final words or preparations? I guess this is where we go next. It is. All right, then. Wow. It's just very solemn. It is very solemn, yeah. And so with that, he takes his little tuning fork, he mutters the words of the arcane spell of plane shift, and then, ding! Then there's this strange, deep resonance. The, the sound that the tuning fork makes is just like the bowels of the earth. It reverberates through your ears. It seems to sort of shake the very ground underneath you. You feel your sense of vision just warp and distort. And quickly, oh so quickly, the entire surroundings, your vision of Faerun and the enormous fortress of Candlekeep just kind of blurs and is taken away. And then all of a sudden, there is this hot blast of wind. It's like you've opened an oven door mm. and the, 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 there's this heat just like blasts into your face and you can smell smoke and sulfur. And there is this strange groaning, cracking, rumbling sound like you're in the middle of an earthquake. And then all of a sudden you find yourself clump, like you like you, you fall maybe about a foot or so, you know, just that little awkward lurch in your stomach like you go to fall down a couple of stairs and then correct yourself with the last moment. You know, your dizziness surrounds you and then all of a sudden you can see as the hot stinging air just assaults all of your senses, you find yourself on a city street. It is lined with buildings that are crumbling, if not already collapsed. The ground shudders underneath you. The first thing you notice, apart from the smell and the, and the, the, the very drastic change of temperature and the smoke, is the sky. The sky is just this red, smoky haze. You can see no sun. You can see no moon. There is just red and black smoke just streaked across the entire void above you. And then most importantly, above all else, you can see in the smoky sky hanging about... 300, 400 feet above the city, a 400 foot diameter sphere of pure darkness that discharges strokes of bluish white lightning, which Mm. occasionally shoot out and just kind of like, just touch a building nearby to you. It is, or was, the companion, but inverted. Rather than a glowing ball of wholesome celestial light, it looks like this 
gigantic void of evil and darkness. And you swear that within the sphere itself, you can see a shadow of movement, like a thing is moving inside it. Perched upon a distant bluff, overlooking the rest of the city, you can see what appears to be a cracked and damaged, but still very, very intact fortress. And, and it, oh, sorry. <laughs> Well, do you have any towels? For the podcast, which I insist is left in, Nick just tipped over an entire bottle of cold water into my lap and over my character sheet. I think my character just died. (laughs) Jesus. Sorry. Oh, I'm fresh. This is why I'm sorry, thanks, Ben. I don't want to, I'm just he's sitting here all useless. I don't I'm care, so sorry. like it's just water, but like shit. That is Remember funny. a few weeks ago when you asked me why I keep my uh, why I keep my drink on We're the floor? We were just talking about your poor proprioception last yeah, night yeah, too. Yeah. Fucking hell. Let me let me get I No, it's so, fine. Thank you. It's totally fine. <laughs> I'm li- so I'm nice. leaving this in, by the way. Yeah. <sighs> Waste. Importantly though, I think we found the location of your tower that you have the deed to. Uh. Oh really? You reckon that's the truth? Is that why you were so excited? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like it's your tower! <laughs> no, sorry. No one to earn this one. Okay. Real estate prices would just be... Brief pause. Now, you, you, you do recognise it. Although it has been a little while, and although it looks very different under the sky, this is Elturel. You are standing in Elturel, and the fortress that you can see in the far distance is of course the High Hall which is the high temple and sort of the the seat of government in the city. The first thing you do, obviously, is look around to see what state it's in. And you can see that, yes, obviously, the city does, in fact, seem to have a couple of buildings that are, you know, smoking ruin or cracked and crumbling. But overall, the most surprising thing, perhaps, is how intact everything looks. This, At least the street that you're on uh, looks you know, deserted for sure, but there's no corpses. There's no scene of devastation or battle or anything. It just looks abandoned. And the buildings are still intact? Most, most of them are intact. You can definitely see that there is a couple where something has fallen on them or like due to something. So it, it kind of looks a little bit like a mild earthquake, you know? So there's some, there are some cracks that are running up some of the buildings. Um, but looking around where the high hall is, which by the way, uh, just to give you an idea, is kind of west on the western side of the city. You can see that there is, uh, like the buildings that you can see poking up in the towers all look to be completely intact. There's just the sound of wind and gusting and you you feel different. It's hard to explain, but almost almost immediately you, you can definitely feel that you are in somewhere completely different to the material plane. Surrounded by city is an abandoned buildings. You can see the high hall there. Uh, now you know, obviously, because you are all from Elturel, that you know there's a main river that runs all the way through it. You are on the east half of the city, so to speak, and then the the west half of the city, however, is where the high hall and where most of the important buildings are. Now you know that they have great protections, or you know they did. Let's let's be real. You have no idea what if any of those protections still remain or whether they were, you know, crafted in good faith or not, so to speak. But no, so, so that's, that is where you are. Now you listen and you look around, you can hear the rush of the air and the wind, which seems to cover most of the sounds around you. But even with your perceptions of 11, your <laughs> passive perceptions of 11, you still pick up on what sounds to be like the sounds of a scuffling and a scratching and screaming, uh, which is, which is, 
just drifting over the wind coming from a street to the north. What do you do? Looking for, I suppose, any kind of shelter around these buildings. Uh, see if there's some place where we can get to some sort of cover first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so looking up, so you, right next to you is, yep. is, what, is what you think was a candle, a candle store. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a little smashed, but, uh, but has overall been untouched uh, yep. apart from the window. So you, you get in there and you just kind of sit there, take a breath. Mm-hmm. That's fine. The wind now is no longer blasting you. And there you are. What do you do? We're here in Elturel. I didn't think that we would arrive in Elturel. I, I mean, is this not exactly what we want somehow? <laughs> in every conceivable way that it's wrong to say it. Yes, this is exactly what we wanted. I both want to be here and don't want to be here so terribly much at the same time. I agree. I could not agree more. I thought <laughs> there would be a lot more walking. <laughs> well, yeah. um, this isn't talking. Trexel says, eh, this, 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 whole, this whole thing seems very strange. Um, Rhea says, we like, like, like looks around. So nearby, um, there is a tall uh, tower, like a residential tower. Mm-hmm. She says, we should... One of us should get some height. We should perhaps go to the top of a tower, try try and get our bearings, and see from here we can't we can barely see a street in front of us. We need to get an, a sense of what's left, what's been destroyed, and more importantly, where this city is exactly. Mm. Exactly, my thing. Yeah. Also, can you hear screaming? I don't. Can we? I didn't yes. expect that. Yes. Well, very specifically asked if there would be screaming. I was not disappointed. I think oh, Lulu no. has the best perception. Check. Yeah. I was going to do some <laughs> athletics. And. I mean, I. It didn't roll very well. Going to climb the outside 14. of the tower? Yeah. Oh, Dr. will come with you. 14. Um, great. So, now, the important question is, are you going to be going to where you can hear the screaming coming from? No, or no? no it's hell. Yeah, okay. exactly. It was just like, yep, cool. I'm sure it's somebody in trouble, but also, we're in hell. <laughs> okay, Lulu... Yep, we know these people, though. At least some of yeah. us do. Lulu, Lulu then, it says, Oh, goodness, I can hear somebody in trouble. We, have, we must go and save them. And then she just flies off by herself. Yep. Yeah, so well, <laughs> I go up the tower. You can... Does anyone hear the sound of a train? <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely following Lulu. Yeah, you've got you to follow Lulu. You can't well, leave it here. Well, more to the point... Sorry. There's, no, there's you can... There's you a lot... Can, okay, there's, there's lots to do here. Yeah, there's a lot that's happening. And one of the things I think that's immediate is it's screaming. So I'm heading yeah. in that direction. Well, why do you more time shopping? So you make your way towards... You are in a candle store. Okay. So, Ben, you and Lulu, and I think Re- your Rhea will go there as well. Um, okay, cool. To hear, to follow the screaming. Um, yeah. What is everyone else doing? Well, Doctor was going to climb the tower up, but also failed. So, when Lulu ran off, he's like, let's go with them. All right, then. So, you're following there as well, Nick, Nadia. You're also yep. now following your companions? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that tower. Okay, so you just split the party straight away. Let's do it. All right, so you you start to walk. <laughs> so uh, we're in hell. I'm not going towards any screaming. I'm going to move the other direction from the screaming in hell. Hey, that's that's totally fine. So you start to hustle towards the tower. It's only it's only about a hundred feet to left there. So uh, yeah, so you. I'm going to get up to, towards the top of the tower. You two, or you, one, two, three, four, uh, go to the right. And down an alleyway, you can see that there is what looks to be... Just one second. We're going to do the side missions that get the rewards. I'm not going to share them with you. <laughs> Enjoy your no experience, nerds. <laughs> We're going to get visual 
Chloropleth experience. Chlor- what? Visual chloropleth experience? He's making up words just to yeah, be uh, I think you'll find a chloropleth map is a map that shows, uh, it's a map that uses color to show differentiation. So you can have it like height perhaps, or topography, or population density. So when we get it's out the It's El We don't need another map. That's a real word, chloropleth. <laughs> well, Sorry. That's, that's what I'm taking from this. At the end of the alleyway, there is a door, um, and the door appears to be barricaded in some manner and from the inside, and you can hear what sounds like a woman screaming, and but but not, but not just like screaming, oh no, help me, just more like, fuck off, you know, like just screaming hostilely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yelling, yelling and sort of like, ah, sort of periodically like screaming in distress, just screaming in anger, and out the front in the alleyway, you can see that there are three Bearded devils oh. with their wicked with their wicked glaives. The beards of bearded devils are in fact Medusa-like and a bunch of serpents. Mm-hmm. Uh, we fought one. You right? did. Or yeah. did we? Was was the bearded devil the one we skipped? No, the bearded devil was in the last campaign. We fought him in a china shop. You did. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah, there are three of them. Uh, and bearded devils are, you know, they're very they're about six and a half to seven feet tall if they weren't stooped over. They have got sort of dark greenish purplish skin and they all wield these really wicked looking serrated glaives. <laughs> Glade fight, glade fight, glade fight. And so, yeah, basically you burst into the alleyway. The three devils that were trying to smash through the barricade of the door, they made a hole in the door. And um, yeah, you can see that they are making some headway into whoever, whomever is uh, within there. So you burst into the alleyway and yeah. initiative. Yep, yep. Doctor rushes in. We're in tower. We don't need to roll initiative. Oh, yeah. No, you don't. You're fine. Goodness. That landed on 18 and then rolled over to five. Oh. Oh, highs and lows. Son of a dink. Now, because Nadia and Nick are not there, one of you will roll for Rhea, yeah. and, including initiative, and the other one will roll for Lulu. I have yeah. Lulu's stats. Tom, is Rhea's this aura but... of invulnerability active? Yes. All right. Stay near the elephant. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Cannot be affected... Uh, within a 10-foot radius of the elephant by spells of 5th level or lower. Okay. So, yeah, just because... Damn. Just be- so, Mark, just because uh, Nadia and Nick aren't physically there, do you want to give up a Lulu to whoever isn't rolling for Rhea? Just so they can participate in no, the battle? No, you guys roll. Wouldn't... Participate in the battle yeah. today? Oh, no, it's, 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 it's so you have yeah. something to do. Yes. Well, we're checking out cool tower views. Yes. Yeah, but not for a while. No, yeah. your characters are checking out mm-hmm. cool towers. You guys are going to be sitting on your hands while we do this combat. <laughs> yeah. So here's something for you to do, boys and girls. <laughs> so, um, cause so uh, so Nick and Nadia, could you roll initiative for Rhea and Lulu as well? Uh, Mark, what did you uh, She doesn't have the spells, Nick, by the Nat way. 20. Yeah. Wow, all right. Uh, Lulu does not have access to her spell okay. casting. Yeah, I got a seven. Okay, thank you, Mark. Uh, ben? 16. Uh, Nadia? Um, what's her plus to... Initiative dexterity. Just yeah, cool. 10. 10. Okay, good. When do good. I get advantage on initiative? It's like seventh level or something. Okie dokie. Uh, oh, that's wonderful. That's all right. They're not. They're going after Lulu, but they're going before everyone else. So alleyway. You're about twenty-five feet away. You just re- rounded the corner. The alleyway is a dead end alleyway. It's just walls, walls, walls at the end. Uh, where they are smashing in is not not the very very end of the alleyway, but rather just the the door that's kind of on the left side as you're looking in about halfway through. So uh, first and foremost, Nick or Lulu. Oh my! I don't know what I'm going to use. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. I guess I'll use a trumpet of sparkles. <laughs> yep. So she she flaps forward. It's not the actual name, is it? Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a, she, she shoots Amazing. sparkly magic from her trunk because she is a... Uh, Holophants are 
basically messengers and heralds along with everything Because they else. have natural trumpets. Because they're music people. It's not the only thing she can shoot off her trumpet as well. That's, that's true, that's true. So Sorry. they must make a DC 14 constitution saving throw. Uh, they have good comp, they fail because they're all a 7. Ooh. Well, they're going to take 48 sparkle damage. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! <laughs> oh my, that's a lot of sparkle damage. <laughs> Tom's hearing his own nonsense repeated back to me. It's great. And he loves it. I do love it. That's great. That's good rolls. Um, Yeah, yeah. 13. uh, Oh, no, that's a seven. That's a lot more. Um, Mm. That is 19 sparkle damage. Shit. Okay, good. Yep, very good. Um, Which is radiant. Yeah, exactly. Now that's a sparkle muffin. So there's three of them, you said? There's three of them, yes. But they they can all all fall under the cone, and they will. Uh, And so how much in total, I'm sorry? 19. 19, 19 radiant damage. Great, okay, so. And then she's gonna flap up right between these two, protecting with the aura of invisibility. Invisibility. She's struggling with work. Okay, sorry, that's great. I got a lot of sparkles still in my mouth. <laughs> it, is then the, it is then the devil's turn. So they are going to run forward, and one of them is gonna attack Lulu. What is Lulu's armor class? Uh, 18. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> so he tries to hit Lulu, but just deflects off her. There's like a little flash of light as he like just... The, the halberd just kind of scrapes off and there's just like a, a, a little flash. And uh, Lulu just sort of says, Not today, villain. Uh, and then... Tom, Tom, who's, uh, who's controlling I'm Lulu? sorry, uh, I'm sorry. What, what does Lulu say? Not today, villain. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, now Mark, you're going to cop the other two in the face. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> it's a glaive off. It's a glaive off. It's a glaive off. So what is your armor class? 16. Okay, so that is one hit and one miss. So you you basically deflect really well. The other one just comes a little bit too uncomfortably close mm-hmm. and you get shoved up against the side wall and just kind of crack the back of your Ooh. head. Oh. You are going to go ahead and take nine damage and then when it hits you, it's going to lash full of its beard. So it, the snakes of its beard, while you sort of lock glaives with this thing, it kind of bends down for the serpentine devil things on its chin to sort of reach out and try and, you know, effectively bite you. The, the Medusa beard mm-hmm. uh, tries to do it. Uh, but misses. You, you, manage, you, you manage to hold it off. The beard of the other one... waggling the... <laughs> my helmet in its... Now, the beard of the other one does hit you. One, one of the serpents manages to just, just kind of like sting you or bite you on the on the forearm mm-hmm. and you are now going to give me a DC 12 constitution saving throw that's poison yes I have advantage yeah it's poison yeah oh well that's fine that's what it's worth the 8 we take the 8 because I add uh, 7 to it so a 15 we should also talk about inspiration at some point you all have inspiration you've, you've, you've definitely definitely got inspiration you've done incredibly well role playing so far so you've all got it so, so I, <laughs> I make I make the I make the save great Ben your turn don't take any damage from the beard or no, oh, just shit. no no, uh, no I'm, I'm so sorry you also you also take 5 damage from the beard I should also mention that the trumpet of sparkles can be heard up to 600 feet away yes that's concerned no. It just should be mentioned. It should be. <laughs> so you hear this. So Nadia and Nick's characters, you you definitely hear this trumpet, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't have the way of trumpets. <laughs> it sounds like a sweet, silvery bugle. <laughs> yeah. Definitely does not sound like hell. Mm. No. Alright, uh, one of the uh, devils that's on Docton, I'm going to cast Frostbite on. Yep, do it. Alright, do it. For nine points of damage. Great, that is very good. And he has disadvantage. Fuck that guy. All right. Yes. Fuck that guy in particular. Uh, Nadia. All right. So Rhea does a thing. What thing does she do, Nadia? Not to become familiar with the things that she does. Cut. Outside of the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Very familiar with inside. Gross. Uh, Multi-attack. Yeah. 
So yeah. she just runs up into the fray. Yeah. Right, now, which which one is she going for? There are two that uh, have attacked Mark, and there's one that's on Lulu. Oh, the one that's on Lulu. Yeah. Both oh, attacks. Okay. Fuck that doctor and guy. <laughs> but yeah. It's just plus five anyway. So fifteen. So uh, fifteen on this on particular on this particular one will hit. Yes. Nice. Cool. It's four damage on the first attack. Okay. The second. Nice. That'll definitely hit. Ooh. Oh, very swinging, aren't we? 11 damage. Wow, okay, great. So, yeah, Rhea goes forward, locks blades, locks, locks her sword with the glaive of this devil, and slices him across the midsection. Screams out in pain and glares at her menacingly. That is then Mark's turn. All right, bonus action, Doctor will rage. Uh, so the spirits of his dwarven ancestors start to circle us. Yep. Hey, here we go, here we go, here we go. <laughs> oh, well, I made it! <laughs> Finally! Come on, then! There's, there's some notes here because they weren't taken down fully. If she helps deal one d plus one d eight damage, is that considered helping? If she no, if she, if, if she takes the help action, ah. then whoever hits will do an extra d eight damage. Got it. Sorry. That's okay. Continue. No problem. Uh, I will. I mean, I'll just attack one of the ones that's on me. Mm. Actually, no. I'm gonna for my first attack. I'm gonna attack the one that is uh, attacking Lulu. Great. Recklessly. Okay. Uh, not recklessly, but I'm just going to take a swing. 13 to hit. Nope. Yes. No. Nope. Exactly enough. I'm a class Ooh, 13. Well, that's Sorry, it was 12. Oh, no. no. Yeah, plus one because of the helmet. Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out. Um, I'm trying to figure it. What an emotional roller coaster, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this has been quite the... Yeah, yeah no, it's because I roll a five. So it's 12. This is tearing me apart. <laughs> uh, so I will reckless attack for my second attack. There we go. There's the 17. So that's a hit. Great. Uh, So that's 1d10 plus 4 damage. So that's 8 damage to the one that's on Lulu. Oh, that one is dead. Nice. So your glaive just clenches its head in two, falls down to the ground, and does not disappear. Yeah. It lies dead at your feet. Right, because they have to be killed in hell. Mm. Oh, oh, no. That's probably a question I would have asked earlier if I was... If Dr. Tractable is here, so we can always pass that letter. Um, no, it's fine. Speaking of which, where is old Traxagore? So Traxagore is hiding. Yep. Uh, he is hiding within the folded clothing of whomever would be nice enough to carry him. Oh, I've got a big cloak. Yeah, you, you have, Traxagore you have eight strength. He's an author. He's an author. He's, he's, he's a little. There's, there's a buoyant. There is a body of water. There is an, there is an otter. There is an otter in a little wizard hat on your shoulder right now. Excellent. Great. So, the, that's my turn. I've raged a thing and two attacks and I'm out. Okay, cool beans. That is then uh, top of the round next turn. Um, she's going to use her trumpet of blast in. Yeah, do it. So, same thing. DC 17. Oh, no. DC 14. Evil creatures get disadvantage. Oh, my goodness. Uh, now, I'm trying to think. Cause she's in the air. She can, get, she can target two of them without targeting any of... Are these guys good creatures? And there's two remaining, so that works Where? out well. Are they good? These, they're good, yeah. They're affected then. No, no, but what I mean is... Oh, they aren't affected at all. Good creatures in the cone take no damage. Is oh, this, is so this sorry, yeah, it's, it's a no damage thing, you're right, of is, course. All right, but are on. you good? 
Is this a, yeah, is this an alignment thing? It says evil creatures have disadvantage on the saving throw. Good creatures in the cone take no damage. Yeah. I imagine it's whether Lulu thinks you're good. I'm pretty sure I'm chaotic neutral. So you <laughs> may be up for damage. Jockton's and... largely the same. I have uh, advantage on, because I can save it. It's a deck save? Yeah, if I do. But Tom's saying I can get two of them anyway. Well, look, okay, so I don't I don't really do mortal alignments. So we'll say that mortal, mortal people are fine. Evil okay. creatures are... Right, are yeah. going to be affected. So don't so don't, don't worry about fiends. that. Yeah. Uh, so they fail. Okay. Blast them. What the what? Five d six. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's eight, twelve, eighteen. Jesus. Eighteen radiant. Wow. Okay. There are some very very wounded bearded devils here. Oh and, yay! Uh, it, it is then their turn. One of them is going to try and smash Lulu in the face. Ooh. Is going to miss. Good. Uh, then the however the set the snakes the beard hits Lulu. <gasps> so five damage to Lulu. Okay. And then Lulu's going to make a constitution saving throw versus poison. I roll immunity to poison. Great. So that, that's fine. But still takes the five damage okay. from the snake bite. And then the other one is going to both try to bite and... Sorry, Doctum, again, your armor class. Uh, 16. 16. It has advantage to hit me. Oh, very nice. In that case... Is it the one that's frozen, though? Like frostbite? Oh, yeah. Actually. It has disadvantage because of frostbite. So, okay. Yeah, so it's cancelled. So scrap, scrap it all. Oh, single roll. Single roll, then. So the... The, the halberd will hit you for eight damage. I think it's a glaive, Tom. Glaive, sorry, pardon me. Uh, is that uh, physical damage? Physical, it is, yes. No, so that's four damage. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is the, um, is the damage dealt by the snake also poison damage? No. It is just regular piercing. piercing. And then... Oh, well, I'll take three the same way, she's resistant yeah. to it. Yes. The same way that the snake... Uh, when you're bit by a snake... Yeah. The fangs inject the poison, but they're not made of poison. I think it's round down when it comes to resistance. It is. Yes. better. It's always round down. It's always round down. For always round down. Yeah. So, good work. Uh, that is their turn. Ben, your turn. Right, does so it try that. to snake me? Oh, hmm. does he? Does it try to snake me? He misses. Oh, it misses. The glaive hits, the snake misses. Ha <laughs> ha, fool. All right, so there's only the one bit of devil left, right? No, there's two. Still two? They're, they're very wounded, though. One Oof. went for Lulu, one went for me. Got it. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Christ, do I blow something bigger it's just a lot of noise that's being to be honest with you it looks like a, 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 a swift gust of wind would kill both of them they're very wounded they're also deaf oh that's encouraging to know what <laughs> are the snakes also deaf in that case I might go for reaching into uh, my pouch I produce a scroll of thunder wave oh good very good and then I'm going to unleash that. Uh, so for that, I believe it is a constitution saving throw. How does spells, how does scroll spell saves work? Is it mine or someone else's? That is a really good question. I think by default, a spell scroll will use the DC of the person that did it. If that's true, then 15. So 15, okay, great. Uh, they fail. Sweet. All right, in that case, more noise to add to it, but at this point, it's kind of academic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't think you can get louder than a 600-foot uh, yep. trumpet blast. And I should also point out the sculpt spells, assuming that I can pull this one off. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. It's going to exclude Doctrine and Lulu from any consequences. That's nine damage each. They do. So, yeah, you just, you know, um, Thunderwave goes out, cracks a couple of tiles underneath, Blast them to pieces. They fall to the ground dead. Then Lulu says, We are victorious. It cuts to Nick and Nadia. And so, Traxagor. And Traxagor, sitting on your sitting on your shoulder. So you find the tower. This is obviously a residential tower of some kind, either owned by a wizard or a sage, who knows? But uh, the door itself, the bottom of the door, has been smashed open. And the tower itself, you're being careful of because it's a tower so you're making sure it's not you know uh, cracked and crumbling which, which is not it seems very intact alright so it's not yours then no 
I will tell you. I will tell you if you see the tower that Nadia has the deed to. That she doesn't actually own. How would we know? Because there's there's a diagram. There's a picture of it. Oh, okay. You have a very distinct picture of it. How does it look different from other towers? It looks very gothy and has like three almost Saruman like spires on the top, like sort of like that that kind of thing. Have you known the Tower of All Things that had the spires? Sorry, that's the one. Saruman had sort of more like a flat white sort of look at the top. Have you stolen? I was looking at you like fucking shut up. Have you stolen a deed? Have you committed some sort of like yeah. crime? Yeah, we all stole something. You found it. I, found I didn't the steal deed, a tuning fork. And then I put it in my pocket. <laughs> so you stole it. Yes. Yay, Paladin. <laughs> that's. A, I think that's a confession. I don't feel. Excuse me. I feel. <laughs> it's like not about what you feel. It's about what your gut feels. I'm being entrapped. <laughs> no, listen. I this belonged to no one. I found it. Tracks and I went, oh, oh, it might have belonged to Traxagor. I mean, Traxagor is also in my pocket with the deed. So it's on his He's shoulder. on my shoulder. Damn it. <laughs> so I mean, this, is, cool this is why you never represent yourself in court, right. Nadia. Uh, the wind howls outside the cracked windows of the bottom of the thing of the tower. The tower's base is mostly kind of a common room. It's like mm. a little fireplace, which is not on currently. There's a dining table and such. You move move past that, and you're going to be. Are you going to have the inside? You're going to be like climbing up on the I outside. Up the inside. Yeah, just, yeah. So you just, you, the outside chumps. You you go up the stairs. The, the second room is is a library, which looks mostly intact. Um, a, a few like, sort of bloody footprints, but apart from that, everything looks just fine. Um, when you get to the to the top above, you can see that there is a bedroom, and then there's also a ladder which leads to the actual top of the tower itself, which mm. is open. You know, and you can hear from here that there appears to be muttering, like a conversation going on on top of the tower. So this particular tower seems to be occupied. All right, let's listen into that conversation. Do you see? Do you do you climb the ladder or? Yeah, I think I get up as close as I can and then like. You can do that. So there's sort of a trap door right yeah, on the ceiling. So you, you you can climb the ladder and get really close. Yeah. So you can hear a little strange inhuman voice. Uh, it sounds very similar to imps, various mm. imps that you've heard uh, so far, uh, and then it would just then then what just sounds like just a, a regular person, it's like a male voice uh, responding basically. It says okay, says the says the mortal voice. We'll call it. So I I agree, and then you can get me out of here, but I can't bring my friends or family. It's just me. That's right. So, <laughs> overall, it's a pretty good deal. So, basically, it's going to work like this. You give me your soul, oh, yeah. and then I will make sure that you leave Elturel okay, perfectly unharmed. Okay, but, like, are you sure you're going to be able to do it? Oh, it's going to be super easy. Barely an inconvenience. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Barely an inconvenience. But then, like, so... My understanding is that, like, there's something weird going on. We're, like, we're all, like, damned or something. Probably. Don't worry about it. <laughs> all right. I, mean, I, like, soul anyway. I've heard enough here. <laughs> yeah, I'll make myself look like a ca- the Cambion. Yeah. Ooh. And I'll just bust the trap door open. Okay. So, when you... <laughs> unsurprisingly, when you get to the top, you can see what appears to be a little imp, and he's got a little contract yeah. <laughs> and a quill, and there's a, a little chubby, red-headed, curly, red-headed head halfling chap who looks to be, like, in his early 30s or so, like a little Bilbo wannabe. And he, you know, he's just kind of sitting there looking looking skeptical, you know, just sort of... His, his fingers are on, his little chubby halfling chin, and and, and, and the the imp seems to be, like, in the middle of, of closing a, a, a deal. A closing a deal. He's like, he's like, wait, no, wait, I'm about to close here. I need a win. Gil needs a win. Get the fuck out of here, Gil. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so, so you burst out. And like you, so the imp looks at you. What did you say that? <laughs> He's in, I'm so close. Look at this guy. I can taste it. I almost <laughs> had his soul. It's been, it's been seven years since, or more since I've got a soul. I need one. I'm in yeah. so much trouble <laughs> when I've got a soul. <laughs> Rooftops of a closest guild! I think you should cut it in the I can't. That's it. Okay, so. should wind something. So this halfling turns and says, Oh, he looks a lot more impressive. What do you reckon if I saw my soul to him? He's like, No! I'm so close, I can almost taste it! <laughs> Is that fair? Why do I have to do this in hell? <laughs> Literally every other devil is more impressive looking than me! Okay, what does that mean? He does, he flies away. Can I say I come up as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. so you come up. Can I say that I know the halfling? <laughs> you, you can, it's perfectly reasonable. He's, he's the baker. He's a, he's a, he's What's a, his a, name? He's a local baker, uh, Thedwick. Thedwick. So he's Thedwick the baker. I'm gonna say, Thedwick, <laughs> this is how you lost all of your money with that bad investment in the cabbage stand. <laughs> he, he says, you know, I with cabbage futures I don't want to hear it. <laughs> they were due for a resurgence. How do you think this is a good idea? Cabbages were due for a resurgence. <laughs> listen, apparently, the, listen, no one knows what the hell's going on. Where have you been, by the way? Also, we know that, we know that we're all apparently doomed or something anyway. He says, look, look at this. So you're wanting to make your situation worse. In a way, as you turn to look, though, the words fall from your lips as you look around at the city and, what, more importantly, what lies beyond. Mm. For one thing, you are about a few hundred feet floating in the air. Elturel is on a chunk of floating rock mm-hmm. hundreds of feet down. You can see what looks to be kind of exactly what you picture, like a heavy metal album cover of blasted, twisted landscapes, seas of bubbling tar. In the distance, you can see what looks like thousands of forms engaged in this like openings, opening few minutes of Lord of the Rings scale war that lines across this gargantuan river, which goes all across this torrid landscape as far as the eye can see. On the edges of Elturel, you can see that there are gigantic black spiked chains mm. that are literally securing Elturel. And you think, even, even as you watch, as a rumble occurs, dragging Elturel down into the river sticks below you. This tower is, because the river sticks goes below, and you can see below, beneath you, that there are the ruins of what looks to be other cities, yeah. strange cities, sunken, like, you know, Cthulhu style, piled on top of each other in ruin. It's a good motivator for forcing mm-hmm. press ganging service. Yeah. And now, oh. you get the map. Hey. So for the, for the recording, the, this campaign comes with an enormous poster map of Elturel. Wow. So you can see all around the chains. And That's A2, baby. And stakes that descend all those hundreds of feet down. Now, what you see is that there are a squ- what looks like squads of devils with wings, various winged devils, that are just kind of doing a little bit of a patrol on the chains. Uh, they are not rushing forward. Um, you can see that there's obviously been some destruction where meteors have, you know, come down or the lightning from this 
dark and twisted version of the companion has, you know, just descended and smashed some things. Uh, it appears to be chopped in half. Yeah, too. the river, the river that ran through the city has fallen away and drained, and yeah. so now Elturel is just in two pieces and has joined the two halves of his floating city, are joined by the two bridges of Torm that lead up. So you are in this section of the East City. So you are on the sort of southern eastern side, about about there. For the map, for the recording, um, it, you, 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 you're across the, the gap uh, yeah. from the, the main part of the city, which is... Imagine the larger chunk. Yes, exactly. So the the the, the western or uh, left hand chunk is mu- is about fifty percent larger than the right hand chunk. Mm. Exactly, and the important thing is that, the, and this is the part that really is is uh, important to you. While it does look like there's been a bit of devastation and battle on this eastern section here, it looks a little bit post apocalyptic. The western chunk looks fucking intact. It's pristine. There's no damage. There's no lightning. The high hall itself does look partially destroyed, right? So the gigantic fortress that counts as like the, the seat of government power looks like something went on there, but up everything else looks almost almost completely untouched. Uh, now, the, the thing is though, you still really can't see anyone. You can see a little bit of movement coming from... We're looking at the other side of the map. Yeah, yes, I know. You're, that's all right. You're, yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, so, it is. That's so just, that's, just so the other side of the map is the map of Avernus. So that's the le- that's the that is. Well, the, where is Elturel? Uh, you don't know. Relative to Avernus in general, we don't know. Like, because we don't have a frame of reference for where we are. You do not know. Thanks for listening to Shared Sagas. All music on the show is used under Creative Commons. Check the episode notes for full details.